They were throwing on maybe a lipstick, a wig, and a dress, and being super like masculine, like ang- like annoyed about it. Meanwhile, I'm like gluing on lashes, putting on <laughs> eyeshadow. The director did tell me like I have to, you have to pull it back. Uh, he was like, you have to calm down because you're looking like the daughters, and you need to look like a boy in a dress. And I was like, fine. I am Kay Anderson, and you are listening to Lost Spaces, a podcast that mourns the death of queer nightlife. Every episode, I talk to a different person about a venue from their past, the memories they created there, and the people that they used to know. Spin was a multi-level, 9,000-square-foot superclub in what was then called Chicago's Boys Town District. Opening in the 90s, it quickly established itself as the place to go for cheap drinks, house music, and wet t-shirt competitions before closing in 2014. I caught up with Alexis P. Bevels to find out about her first days in drag, serving drinks on roller skates, and being one of the founding members of the coolest gang in town, and I say this without the slightest hint of any sarcasm, the Drag Mafia. How does it work when you are a homebody who is also a drag queen? Well, I mean, back now, do you mean? Well, just just in general, yeah. Um, It's, let's see. Well, it's it's, um, after the gig is over, go go right home. (laughs) Don't have any (laughs) drinks after. I mean, I've certainly done that. I have certainly had my nights where I stay out as long as I can. Uh, usually at the beginning when I wasn't really working, I was kind of just trying to get into the drag scene. Mm. You know, you'd go out and you'd have drinks with friends and you'd maybe get to do a, uh, amateur contest here and there, and then you'd celebrate. Now it's, now it's more of a, of a gig life, like go do the gig. Um, usually I'll have a few drinks cause I like to host. Mm. Uh, I like to do, uh, one of my things I do most is bingo. So I have some drinks while I do bingo and then maybe I'll have one or two after, but I usually just go straight home, take the makeup off, get the shoes off as soon as possible. But do the like promoters not have like a level of expectation that you kind of hang around and flirt with people? And Some places do. Yeah. Some places do. Um, not many of the things that I, not many of the things that I get to work on. Yeah. I oh, mean, so if you're most higher, of the time when you're yeah. over there, like, can you go now? Is that what you mean? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> yeah. I see what you mean. Okay. So sometimes, yeah. Like if they're there to like host the evening, hmm. um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm expected to stay for a while, but then as soon as I like, good to go i'll usually leave i'll uh, usually leave well that's why i'm a homebody is because i'm so i i can be like extroverted when i'm in drag and at the gigs and i can you know have a lot of that energy and then i need to come home and be alone by myself so i can recharge 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like I'm totally on the same page. Um, yeah. I, I just I need some advice because okay, with with me, if I do that and I like play a gig and then I'm leaving, I feel so guilty. Do you say goodbye to people or do you just disappear? Oh, um, I'll usually say goodbye. Yeah, I'm thinking about in the instance of like, I do bingo a lot. So yeah, I'll usually, w- after it's done, I'll stay for one drink and and like right after it's done, on my way to the bar, I'll just kind of walk around the room and just say, bye, thank you. I mean, actually, luckily now that COVID is happening, you can't get too close to people. So I'll kind of wave, I'll say, thank you for coming. And then I'll kind of make, you know, do a round around the room. Thank you for coming. If anybody wants a picture, you know. I don't say that, but if they do, you know, that's an opportunity. (laughs) And then I'll usually like sit with a friend or two, uh, you know, have a drink and then I'll leave. But I don't feel bad for leaving. Like if you go and do your gig, uh, if you do your job well and they don't explicitly say like, we want you to stick around after that's part of the gig, then don't feel bad about leaving. Do your gig well and then go home. I'm just dripping with guilt about all sorts of things. Oh, me too. Don't, don't do that. Okay. Feel guilty about other stuff, like, um, like you what? know, like what, like um, you, who you are on the inside. <laughs> but don't feel guilty about. I mean, you know. could I feel any more guilty about that? Like, <laughs> how do I? I know. <laughs> I know. Oh, we're two peas in a pod, aren't we? Yeah. I well, that well, that kind of helps. Is like I already uh, feel like a piece of shit. Not to get deep, but like. I did my job well. I'm going to go home. If you need me to stay longer, you can pay me more. <laughs> that, that's where I am. Well, that yeah, that's the best attitude. I think like it's not even like uh, restricted to gigs. Like if I'm at a party, if I'm anywhere where there's other people, oh. I just feel like I'm letting people down if I leave. But actually, they're probably super <gasps> no. relieved, right? Well, they probably, I mean, not not to say this about you specifically, but in general, I think probably people don't even notice. <laughs> everyone is so not, and that's not shade. Truly, I think I mean, everyone is so, just as wrapped up in their personal stuff as you are. So I'm, I have the same thing. I'll text, you know, my best friend, and she won't respond, and I'll be like, "Oh my god, she's mad at me. I have let her down in some way." And then two hours later, she's like, "Oh, I was taking a nap. I love you. What's up?" You know what I mean? It's like you do that to yourself. Don't do it. So people aren't devastated when I leave then. Is that what you're saying? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And actually <sighs> I have talked to, I have talked to all your friends. They wanted me to tell you. Yeah. <sighs> well, <laughs> well, thanks for, uh, thanks for letting me down gently. You're I, welcome. I do appreciate it. No, 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 no. You're talking about in like, in like, uh, <laughs> social settings, right? I'm just talking about in all settings, really. In I mean, settings, I mean, yeah. I struggle to get off the bus. Because I worry oh, that yeah, everyone's going to yeah. be upset. I worry that everyone's mad that I'm there in the first place. So I figure <laughs> if they want me to, if I can just get out quickly and quietly, that's best for everybody. <laughs> oh, oh, good. No one, no one look at me. Just ignore me. I'm not here. Don't, per- don't perceive me. Don't look <laughs> at me. I don't exist. Oh, I don't yeah. have pronouns. <laughs> yeah, we are two things in a pod. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, drag. You mm-hmm. practiced at home, you learned your craft, and then LOL. you started... <laughs> LOL? Why are we saying LOL? Because I did not practice at home. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, so where I, did you practice? I, On the bus? I didn't practice. I I 
I thought, I'm a theater actor. I am the shit. I can throw on a dress and a wig. I can try to do my makeup. And I'm just going to go for it. And yeah, that's what I did. The first thing I ever did was at Roscoe's. And then I would kind of put more work into my look. And, okay, you so know, on, every time. On a level of one to busted, how did you look on that first night? Oh, my God. I'll send you a picture. Well, thank God I was very thin and youthful looking already. Um, I would say if the, if the camera was not in focus, I looked like a four. <laughs> but if it was in focus, yeah, it was probably like a two or a three. And that's being generous. Truly. <laughs> Oh wait, one. Yeah. One is good. In, oh, one in is my good. Meter. Yeah. Okay, then okay. Let me try because we're because you're in London and so it's <laughs> not metric or whatever. <laughs> I do metric. Okay, so um, we're carrying so over I, the three and then we're yes. adding on um, we're, the remainder. We're taking we're taking away five. So if 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 I was going to be honest, I would say I was an eight. If ten is the worst, I think I was okay. an eight. That's being generous. That's not so bad. Yeah, for your first time. I mean, uh, if you're a, fr it's your first time in drag. You can, you can look as busted as you want. Your, it takes a lot of courage just to even try. And this is the thing. Like, so okay, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna start sounding old timey now. But like, you know, in the olden days, before the social media saturation, it was fine oh, yeah. if you looked like it was fine if you looked busted because no one had any receipts and you could just like learn as you went. Well, that's the thing is you don't know what you don't know. And truly, you can watch all the videos in the world. You truly don't know what you're mm -hmm. gonna, your face and mm. your features are going to look like. So, yeah, you're going to be busted the first time, but there's power in that. Yeah. And, and here's the thing. You can look super busted. Straight people, and I'm sorry to do a blanket statement, but straight people do not notice the difference and they do not care. If you are in drag... In any capacity, they will go hype <laughs> on you. They love it. They do not care. And and you d you're not like uh, being specific about the gender of these heterosexual people. Yeah. Just any heterosexual person. Well, probably ladies, but you know, any heterosexual person. Yeah. Ah. They're like it's like clowns to them. I I kind of <laughs> feel like. I kind of feel like I do actually do well. Like I told, I've said a thousand times I do bingo a lot. And mostly it's for like straight neighborhood people who don't, who aren't in spaces with drag queens a lot. And I like to think that we're, we're like Barney. We're, we're big, we're colorful, we're funny, we're non-threatening. You know, the guys don't think we're going to hit on that. Well, I mean, I do hit on them just for fun, but <laughs> you know, we're non-threatening, we're silly, we're clowns. It's fun. I like to think of myself as popular among straight people. It's like kind of like the gateway drag. <laughs> I, yeah, they're my big audience. Um, and so you did your first performance at Roscoe's. Yes, yeah. yeah. My first time in an amateur competition was at Roscoe's, and then Spin started one, and that's when I. That's when I. That's where I kind of met some friends that we started doing drag together. So we would kind of haunt spin. Ah, so what regularly? Happens, so when you go to like an amateur night, do mm -hmm. you dress in drag before you go out, or is there a dressing room there? Yes. Uh, usually we would do it 
for amateur nights, you do it at home and then you show up at that time. You had to show up with your CD. Mm. It's a compact disc for, for your listeners. It's like a small record. So what is it? And yes. How does it work? They have like a tiny record player Uh and then you give them their CD. And when it's your turn, you, they just like turn the record on. I'm not sure how it works actually, (laughs) but, um, there's lasers involved, isn't there? Lasers, yeah, 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 yeah laser yeah. disc. You give them your laser disc. <laughs> and, and then and then if you win, you win a little money. Yeah, and then sometimes if you won, uh, I know at Spin, if you won, usually we would be able to come back and be a part of the actual show. And there was dressing rooms, but the dressing rooms were like, if you're lucky, they blocked off the downstairs bathroom. If not, mostly you were just in a basement with all these like soda machines <laughs> making noises, trash, um, pallets yeah, of cans I, and bottles of beer, and yeah, yes, yeah, ah. very glamorous, very glamorous. One one card table with a <laughs> with a mirror turned on its side, a long <laughs> mirror, no lights, um, lots of smells. Ooh, talk to me about <laughs> the smells. Um. No, can we not? <laughs> I just blocked them out of my memory. <laughs> okay. Oh. Hmm. Mm. Ah. Um, yeah. So, and then, so like getting ready and drag at home. Mm-hmm. Getting in a taxi, maybe? Oh my God, yes. At the time, I did have a car. So sometimes I would get ready. If I could get a friend or a roommate to drive me, that is my prefer preference that was my preference this was really even before uber and lyft um in chicago or at least before i could afford it but uh yeah sometimes i would get ready i would get ready at home to the best of my ability and i would drive there and i would be nervous at the time i'd be like oh my god i hope i don't get pulled over (laughs) you know because i'm in full drag i you know i would get in full i'm very much like if i can i will get in full drag from the time I leave my house until the time I come back. I don't really like to carry a lot of bags. So that's why I do that. Ah, Mm. practical. And, and then, but then say, yeah, what is that feeling then when you like, aren't used to being in drag, but you're going out in public in drag? Um, it was kind of thrilling. It was kind of thrilling to kind of present in this fabulous, you know, exuberant way and people kind of people definitely treat you different you know uh not to be self-deprecating but hawkeyes who would never look at you before look at you differently and they want to talk to you and be your friend and buy you drinks and i remember one time specifically though i wanted to go see a friend's show like an hour away in indiana i live in illinois and I also wanted to do the amateur drag competition that night. So I just got dressed in my theater finest and I went to this small community, like regional community theater in Indiana. And I saw 42nd street in full drag (laughs) sitting in the audience in like a, a beautiful, like very Lisa Renna cheetah wrap dress. And I'm sure I looked so busted, but it was very thrilling. It was very exciting to get to do that. And they were all old people anyway, so I figured they couldn't see me. So were you one of those annoying people who sat in front of someone and then had this massive hair? 
No, I didn't know about hair yet. So it was definitely a flat shake and go. (laughs) I did feel bad though. I was like, I am sticking out like a sore thumb. I was even like, I wonder if the actors can see me because I definitely am pulling focus. <laughs> At least I'm trying to. He said, "No, like, do you do you?" Sorry, I'm just asking like really basic questions. I love it. Do you, like when you have a wig on? Are you not like super aware of the fact that you have a wig on? Like, how could you sit through a show with a wig on? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I'm <laughs> sure I was. I'm sure I was uncomfortable. In fact, I know it was because I was in the full thing. I don't know that I knew about corsets yet. So I don't think I was wearing a corset, but I was definitely wearing tights. That's uncomfortable. I was definitely wearing heels. Oh, yeah. What are tights like? Have you never tried them? No. They're awful. (laughs) Is it not like... It's terrible because not only... I mean, when when you do it, a a lot of girls wear a lot of pairs of tights so it smooths out any lines Mm -hmm. uh and smushes things down you know like pads like what things genitalia (laughs) um any kind of protrusion it's but so a lot of people you wear like three four fair three or four or five upwards of that number of tights but it squishes your toes so by the end of the night your toes are like curled it's awful. But wh- how, why? Why does it do that? Because they're pulling, they're so tight and they're pulling, and you're wearing so many pairs. It's and just you can't like, just like trim the toes off, can you? Because then it will all start to. I guess some people do. There's got to be a way around it. I just do it. Now I do it where I don't, you know, I wear big dress, skirts and dresses, so I don't have to wear that many. And I just shave my legs. Um, and so. Okay, so you've got you've got in a car. Someone's driven you there. Walking through the door into spin, what happens? Mm. Well, there's a bouncer and a person that checks your ID, and I think towards the well, how beginning, does that work for a drag queen? I know. I always think about that. It's like if you're in drag, they don't really check. I mean, luckily I was of age, but um, yeah. But how do they even know it's you? Like if. Yeah, I guess, I don't know. I guess if they really care, they can ask me something. I don't think they did. And then, of course, after a while, once I was there for a long time. But the first time, I think they probably would check my ID. And I would get annoyed because I don't, I'm very impatient. (laughs) And I'm a beautiful drag queen. So, like, (laughs) let me in. Um, Spin used to have dollar drink nights, which are why probably we went there so much every drink like literally you could get a drink for one dollar and as many as you wanted like a well mixed cocktail um yeah walking in there's a bar on the right there's like there's videos playing like music videos which were fine um but then there was another bar on the other side and that's where the dance floor and the stage was. Mm -hmm. And there were stairs over here that when I first started going there, the stairs just went up to like nothing. That area wasn't open Uh, stairs to my right, but it was, it was all about going in the back in the dark room where the, there was no windows and it was like dance floor. There was another bar. There was a stage. Um, Yeah. It's pretty big. It was big. It was big. Yeah. And, 
if you were checking in for the drag like show, sometimes you could be able to go even down the stairs into the basement where they had bathrooms and hang out and get ready down there. Um, and so do you just like rock up and just say like, I want to perform tonight. Here's my CD. Here's my name. And then your name just yeah. gets pulled out. So it's just like an open mic night. Yeah, absolutely. And what was your first performance? Oh God. I think I did Jesse J mama knows best, which at the time I was super into Jesse J. I think that was like our first or second album. I was super into that song. Uh, it was okay. It went fine. I don't think it was the most popular <laughs> single off the album. Um, but of course, I'm theater. I'm like, can you just... Uh, why isn't everyone gagging over this amazing voice that I'm not even singing to? <laughs> um, <laughs> so that was... Uh, it was probably met. But I think the first time there was like five girls there. Yeah, there were. Because there was five girls. And then it was fine. It was all about audience applause. Right. Yeah. Whoever did the best got the audience, whatever cheered the most for. But um, I did Mama Knows Best. And then the second round, you had to spin the wheel and the wheel landed on a number and the number cor corresponded to a song. And they would just start playing and you would just have to lip sync it. And I got Firework by Katy Perry. And that's when I really came alive because ah. I knew it. A, <laughs> I knew the words. And uh, I was just kind of like acting, acting. You, you might even be able to see this on YouTube. Please nobody go try to <laughs> uh, find it. So were you acting as the plastic bag? Yeah, I was. And thank you for, <laughs> and thank you for knowing that. Um, I was light. I was floating through the air. I was kind of getting caught up in the trees. It was fun. It was really a beautiful moment. And what, uh, what logo did you have on you? Um, thank you. It was just where it says thank you over and over again. Oh, okay. Okay. So yeah. like some kind of like generic a, kind of like a takeout, store. like a takeout bag. Yeah. <laughs> I imagine if I was a plastic bag, I would be a takeout bag that says thank you a lot. Do you think there might be an online quiz that will determine this once and for all? I think that we probably just created them <laughs> and BuzzFeed should hit us up. <gasps> Yes, we could we yeah. could get on their payroll coming up with quizzes. What <laughs> yeah, kind of plastic yeah. bag are you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The options are thank you, thank you, thank you. And then the subway one that's too thin for anything <laughs> except for a subway bag. Oh, do you have the subway ones that are just like long? Yeah, they're like almost newspaper plastic bags. Yeah. Like they just fit a sandwich, and maybe a bag of chips. And if you dare, if you dare even try, this is a message to any subway workers that may be listening to your show. If you ever deign to put my cold soda bottle into the bag with my hot sandwich, what? what, I, will, what? I will not, I won't do anything, but I will go home and be mad. Right. And I will take it right back out of the bag. But, 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 but right? There's so many a, risks. Right? You're squishing the sandwich. You're making my hot sandwich cold with my cold soda bottle, and you're weighing it down. No, just give me the bottle. Oh, oh, okay. So it's a, it's a bottle. Okay. Okay, sorry. I was getting confused. Yeah. I thought it was like a cup with the, the yeah, plastic yeah, yeah. lid on it, and I was thinking that lid's going to come off. It's going to go everywhere. But it's a bottle. I'm okay with it. Carry on, separate no. workers. 
Absolutely not. <laughs> we're okay, we're fighting. <laughs> uh, do you wonder, you know how there's those plastic bags that are for wrapping paper? Oh, like, no. Like, the like a roll. Sheet. Yeah, like a roll. Like to put a, a wrapping paper roll in. I'm not going to, like, let's not labor this. You don't know what I'm talking about. Oh, no, I don't think we... Do you mean like the shrink wrap that goes directly over it? Or no, do no, they no. put it in a... Yeah, yeah, so like a Christmas. Or like an, umbre- like an umbrella bag where yes, you put your yeah, wet umbrella. Yeah. yeah. Oh, would you, Would that be you? Yeah, that's that's where I was headed, yeah. You look very tall and slender. And, and useless for most of the year. But you catch a lot of water when your umbrella's <laughs> wet. <laughs> do you have this, um, like, you know... Uh, I don't know if it's a, where where have I seen it, like in in like shopping malls or anything where like yeah the, it it wraps it for you now. You you put your umbrella in and it wraps it. When oh you come in. no! It's like fabulous. so wasteful. Yeah, like well, this, like like when you go to the airport and they've got like the machines that just wrap your suitcase in cellophane like a hundred million times. <gasps> I've not, I, okay, I might have seen that on the internet. I've never experienced it firsthand. I just don't get it. Like, just buy a padlock. Oh, yeah. That anyway. makes sense. Anyway. <laughs> well, we're going to come out with a line of padlocks and, and plastic bags, and we'll, we'll talk to BuzzFeed, and we'll see if they can afford us. What, what's our logo going to be? Um, I, have some, I, I have some options. I, I can DM them after. Backer? That, how do we get our initials to make a word? Uh, a, a back? A back. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, we'll you know, we'll workshop, we'll workshop we'll, that. We'll, yeah, get yeah, it. we'll get it into some kind of state. <laughs> and so you came alive during firework. I came alive during firework and I said, you know what? This is my destiny. I am going to be brilliant drag performer and I'm going to bring my theater background into it. And that night I won second place. I had maybe brought my one friend with me, but I won the audience over and I got second place, which at the time was a hundred dollars, which is a <gasps> lot of money for a poor wow. American, American dollars. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, a lot of money. What did you think I thought you meant when you said a hundred dollars? <laughs> I just need to, to clarify you're in London. I mainly am clarifying for your American listeners because uh, we're dumb. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, no, it was. And then that was kind of like, I kind of took that as a sign. Like, ooh, I'm going to do this again. I'm going to get first place and I'm going to keep going. Um, and who did get first place? And do we need to send hate their way? I don't remember. So it probably wasn't anybody that we need to. Okay. Send hate. They're just a flash yeah, in the yeah, pan. Yeah, yeah. They suck. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. No. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. 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 We don't need to worry about that. Um, um, but so this wheel. Okay. So was this a regular mm-hmm. fixture? Yes. And actually, I know. I know that I'm here to talk about spin, but I do should clarify. I should clarify that that was at Roscoe's. Oh. Oh. Okay. The wheel was at Roscoe's. I'm sorry. I led oh. you down a path spin had its own beautiful fixtures too they had dollar drink night they had a night and after actually as i was becoming more and more a spin regular uh, uh a regular 
contest entrant, um, they started booking some of the girls that would do well to be shot girls. And we would walk around on Saturday nights in drag with a tray of ice cream of fireball flavored ice cream shots. They would have like, what a, does a fireball a, taste like? Is that a drink that I don't know? Fire, fireball is a, uh, a spicy cinnamon whiskey. Okay. And it's very much, um, it goes back and forth in America of being like a fun thing that we like to do ironically. And also like a trashy thing. Like, how could you drink that? That's garbage. Cause it's truly a cinnamon. It's a cinnamon whiskey. It's like, yeah. <laughs> I, but we would, but they would cinnamon, cinnamon whiskey, like red hots. Yeah. And they would, and they would put it in a soft serve machine. We would literally pour, we would do it. The drag queens would pour jugs of it into a soft serve ice cream machine. Mm -hmm. And then we would squirt it out and we would put it in little cups and we would take them around and we would, I think we would sell them for a dollar as well. They loved dollar bills there. <laughs> um, and what would happen is we would do one tray. We'd get drunk. We'd go back up to the little ice cream area and we would just like drink and kiki and sometimes we would just do like i'm putting for the for the readers at home i'm 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 doing a, a, a acting move where i'm pulling the soft serve ice cream thing and letting it like drip into my mouth that's what I we don't, would do I, I don't think you're doing the drip into your mouth thing but well Here. Enough, can you do it again uh-huh yeah. yeah oh yeah yeah do, yeah mm. yeah 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 okay oh yeah i i get it <laughs> but so how like how okay so this is this is me and worrying too much. But how stressful is it carrying a tray of glasses in a sweaty horrible? They oh they they didn't trust us with glasses. These were paper cups. These were dicks like paper cups. Okay, tiny little um, shot, shot cups. Tiny little shot cups. Sometimes they would have actual cones, like ice cream cones, oh. like tiny mini ones, and we would put those in like a thing, a handler. It was a little stressful because there were stairs involved and I was in heels. Some, I think, I think I would do roller skates at that point <gasps> sometimes. So here's my thing is I'm lazy at heart and I don't like to wear, I don't like to wear heels for a very long time, but I don't really want to wear flats publicly. So I'll <laughs> wear roller skates which are basically flats with wheels and I will just be in roller skates and I, I have decent balance. So I would just be in roller skates all night. And you've always stayed upright. Yeah, actually. Yeah. When I'm just standing or moving about, I'm fine. When I, two times I have fallen on, on my face in roller skates during performances because sometimes i'll because where any I'll of them at spin should we talk about them <laughs> <laughs> no i will say i don't this isn't really my story but i saw it happen there was a girl there and she was drunk and in between the first bar and the back dance bar i mentioned there were two steps up and she was kind of bobbling around drunk and then I looked at her and she was kind of standing there. And then I looked away and I heard a thud. She had fallen and cracked her tooth a little bit onto the stairs. Like her face hit the stairs and it was really scary. And she chipped her tooth. She's fine now. She's still distracted. But that, that was a night. There was lots of nights like that because the drinks were all a dollar there. 
<laughs> we would just go there and get drunk. And sometimes we would perform, sometimes we wouldn't. There was, they did this, and it wasn't for drag queens. They did a shower contest, I think, on Wednesdays, when they would bring an actual shower, like, something you might find in a trailer or a cabin. It was, it was like a plastic two walls and then like a tray mm-hmm. underneath. And they would hook up a shower head on the top of the stage and people would go in there and do a, a, a dancing contest. They would sometimes do it mostly in their underwear. I did it once where I did it in drag. I was the first person to ever do it in drag and I wore a bathing suit and a bathing, like a swim cap. Mm -hmm. And I brought an umbrella with me and I just opened the umbrella under the shower and I like (laughs) sprayed the audience, but they loved it. Um, that was really fun. I do miss that. It was very much like late nineties, early two thousands, like stuff you can't really get away with now because everyone's PC and as we should be, but like wet t-shirt contests and wet white underwear contests and Things that don't really fly anymore. That was very much spin, <laughs> and everyone was too drunk to uh, to to object. Um, and and you said before that uh, through spin you made a community of friends. Yeah, yeah. Um, I one night I was there just kind of supporting, and I during the amateur drag contest I wasn't performing, but I was there out of drag. And I saw this girl and she was really funny and she was really beautiful. And I was like, uh, I went up to her and I was like, oh my God, I loved you. You were so great. And she was like, wait, I know you. We go to college together. I was like, what? She's like, Nate. And I was like, oh my God, of course I know you. What? And then she was like, here, come meet my friends. And I went over and there was a, a, a group of girls and we were all like in the beginning stages of playing with drag and... Uh, so I just kind of, we all started hanging out together. It was very much the blinds leading the blind. None of us knew what we were doing. None of us had any inclination of how to do drag well or makeup or anything. Uh, but we all hung out together and and got drunk. And there was even a time when they called, when I did not ever sign off on this name, but I didn't not sign off. So whatever, but they call, we called ourselves the drag mafia. (laughs) <laughs> i know your face looks embarrassed for me and it should it was I'm, embarrassing no no i mean it's not embarrassing but like why are you i mean no it's yeah right. <laughs> well mafia denotes like i to me mafia denotes like we are the baddest bitches and we weren't we were like <laughs> we were like um the teletubbies going around telling everyone we were the Sopranos. Like, it was terrible. <laughs> very, very current references for you there. <laughs> <laughs> but we were having a lot of fun. We were having a lot of fun. And I actually, I, I still talk to some of the girls. I think they all have quit drag, except for me. And then the girl that chipped her tooth, she still does drag. But everyone else has stopped. And why do you think that is? Um, I think probably it's a mixture of, I think it's a mixture of a bunch of different things. Like I think a lot of, well, quite a few of them moved away to LA to pursue different variations of being in Hollywood and that life. Um, 
I think that others just kind of realize like to actually do drag, it's a lot of investing money and time mm-hmm. or just the kind of the newness and the funness wore off. Mm. I don't know. So what, I kept, don't know. what kept you at it? I loved, I love kind of being in charge of my own. I loved the creativity. I liked exploring the, the more femme side of me. So I think that's what kept it going. But I also kind of have always known that like this, without being so dramatic, I was like, this is what I need to be doing. I need to be performing and telling stories. And I thought I was going to do that by doing theater, but this is kind of a quicker way for me to get there. Mm-hmm. In addition to exploring my gender expression, um, which now I've, I'm, I'm still exploring, but I've been able to make drag a job, my profession So, yeah, and also always learning, like, every time you do your makeup is a lesson. I've been doing a lot of hair, especially during this quarantine. I've been taking some online classes, and then I got a sewing machine. I've been sewing. Um, So it's just kind of like there. I'm a curious and artistic person, but there's just so much to explore and learn. So I think that's what's kept me kept me doing it. Also, I've learned that I have zero patience when <laughs> with authority figures <laughs> and with anyone else. So I think I'm like, okay, I have to make this work because I can't work for other people for more than six months. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. Um, but in doing that and having to hustle all the time, uh, has there ever been times when you've just been like, ugh, I'm, I'm used up, I'm done? No, I, I, no. And for me, it's because whenever, whenever I would feel like that, I would say, it'd be like, okay, I'm sick of makeup. Let me try, let me do this. Let me try hair. Let me try and focus on hair. And, you know, then I would turn out a bunch of wigs, you know, or I would start sewing more and turn out sewing. There's just so many different areas of, um, you know, well, let me think. I'm sure there have been. No, I, I can say, honestly, I haven't ever been burnt out on drag. I've been burnt out just kind of hustle-wise mm. when I've had to work other jobs. Like, I worked at a lot of coffee shops throughout all of this, and I worked at a salon once, and that was great for, um, it was decent money, and it was decent, it was fun to get, like, free manicures, but other than that, it was the worst job I've ever had in my entire life. Um, so, drag is kind of my retreat like when I'm burnt out on other things, I like to come and focus on, okay, I'm going to sew. I don't want to sew. I'm going to do hair. I don't want to do hair. I'm going to do nails or jewelry or, you know, sing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So how did spin help you develop your, your profession, your talent? Uh, Well, I got to know how bars work. Um, We, we spent a good like two or three years there. I would say weekly uh, me and me and the drag mafia. Um, <laughs> we would, I mean, and we got kind of like, there was a couple of times when they needed extra security for pride or, you know, I did that once. That was fun. Um, what you were security. Yeah. They were like, we need an extra person for tonight. And I'm like, I'll do it if it's paid. Mostly I just checked IDs at the door and I put ice in the urinals. 
which was fun for me. I mean, fun. what a way to make the venue secure. I see yeah. the urinals. But, but like, you, you, you don't have training to be a security person. What would have happened if something went wrong? You know what? I have a strange confidence in my um, <laughs> self when it comes to de-escalating situations, <laughs> which I probably shouldn't have. But uh, yeah, I feel like I'm, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Truthfully, if anything really happened, I probably would have been like, should I do something? Like, should we do something? <laughs> like <laughs> security. Where's the ice? Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny to think about. Anyway, sorry, that's me being, yeah, super cool. I love it. Um, well, let me see. To answer your question about how it furthered, I mean, I got to work with some cool people uh, at the time. Um, speaking of season four, Dita Ritz, uh, now, now a friend, I would say, but she was just just gotten back from drag race and spin was kind of her home bar for a little bit. And she would host some of the drag competitions, uh, dragzilla, which is one that she hosted and, you know, just getting to be around her, uh, Fifi O'Hara, formerly known as Fifi O'Hara, just Jeremy. He, he was a spin girl before he moved before he got on drag race. So getting getting these like glimpses and getting to share a dressing room with them every once in a while was really cool. And you got to, you know, you got to kind of pick up tips and see how the girls worked. Uh, not monetary tips, like yeah, yeah, yeah. educational tips, uh, but see how the girls worked and how they behaved. And, um, you know, I definitely consider getting a lesson from them, Dita, especially on professionalism and how to, how to conduct yourself, even when, um, you know, even when times got messy and, and, <laughs> and they did, the, the drinks were only a dollar. So there were plenty <laughs> of <messy> times. <laughs> oh, tell me about it. Oh my God. I mean, I'm trying to think, I, I wish I had anything really juicy. Uh, I shared, I shared a little bit of juice <laughs> before we started recording on another bar but <laughs> and don't worry i'll put that in the show notes put that in the show notes i don't i don't remember maybe i was just too honestly i would get too i think i would get just so wasted and then i don't remember any of the messiness i don't think i was ever asked to leave that bar but i know for sure some of my drag mafia sisters were just get like wasted and be asked to leave by by the security guard Alexis Bevels. By me, I, yeah, I was security, so I would have to say, "Hey, um, do you mind if you like? Could you just come with me?" <laughs> uh, um, and so, do you remember hearing about it closing? Yeah. Wow. God. When was that? Um. Well, I know on a personal journey, like I was starting to get booked in other bars right when we heard about spin closing. Um, and when it closed, it would actually, when it actually stayed a gay nightclub. Now it's a, I think it's a restaurant. Um, but at the time it a gay restaurant a, or no, just a regular, <laughs> um, 
uh, it's in like the gay area, but yeah, now I think I had just started getting booked in other places. So I was kind of exploring, like my world was opening up and like getting actual work rather than just amateur contests. Um, and then it changed to, it was one huge, it was like a compound and then it changed to like three different clubs Ah. and and there was still a little work to be had there, but it wasn't, it wasn't quite as bopping. And I think that one, I think it was called Whiskey Trust for a second. It was all spin. And then it became Whiskey Trust, Chloe's and, oh my God, the, um, the other one, the third, the, one. Den, the den, the den, there was okay. three levels. And then that closed, I think after like a year or maybe even two years. And then it tried to become this bar called seven for a little bit. And then it finally shut down and it became a, it's a furious spoon now, which is like a, which is like a faux restaurant. I think. What, what, what is it called? Pho, like P-H-O. Oh, I see. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. That isn't it pronounced. Huh? <laughs> well, you, yeah. I don't know. Uh, I haven't been there. <laughs> it's a chain restaurant. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so you were kind of in a in a place where you were taking it for granted when it closed. You were a bit like, oh, take or leave. No, no, I wouldn't say that. It was just more like, oh, I'm I can I can do this in other places. Um, it was really sad, actually. A lot of uh, one of the bars that I was previously getting hired at sidetrack which is now no longer a place i affiliate with but at the time uh they a lot of those workers when spin closed went to sidetrack mm -hmm. um which was down the street and it's a bigger it's like a it's like a video bar it's huge it's one of the biggest i think in america it's like seven bars in one what what yeah a lot of a lot of people went there so i kind of a lot of them worked a lot of the people that worked at Spin, I still worked with after. And a lot of them are great people. And and so, like, what was the deal then? So Spin closed, and then, like, was it just that there was a change of owner and therefore change of name? I think it was a change of, yeah, change of staff and change of name. I, I'm assuming the owner changed. I don't really know. I don't really know a lot about that. My friend James, he does, like, tours, like, uh tours of like the gay neighborhood i should ask him because he knows um but yeah i remember there was after spin closed there was kind of a vibe for who was going to get to be the next like house queen um and it was pride and they were like giving a bunch of different queens shows here and there to kind of try out and see who would be the best so a house queen is what like the the the, the main queen associated with the bar yeah okay. yeah the one who hosts everything yeah okay um my one of our drag mafia sisters who doesn't do drag anymore she got the chance to do it but it was pride we were all drunk and it was uh it ended up being just a horrible mess she <laughs> loved loved to her so much her drag name is spec was specificity jones Rolls right off the tongue, right? Mm -hmm. She got super drunk and uh, wasn't able to host. Wasn't able to host. <laughs> so it, it was kind of, 
any dreams that we had of having the drag mafia take that bar were dashed. Ah, oh, damn you, specificity. I know. It's probably for the best. Love to her. Love to her. Oh, so, so, so she was your great hope and everyone pinned. Yeah, she fucked oh, it up. Fuck. Oh, can I cuss? She just, yeah, she fucked you. I mean, think where you could be now. I could, I could be the owner of Furious Spoon if she had just <laughs> no, it was running your little mafia activities from from out, there. Yeah, out of the back of a pho restaurant. Yeah. Did you ever go to spin? Well, if you did, I would love to hear more about it. Find me on social media. My profile name is usually K Anderson Music, and that's across Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, blah, blah, blah. Tell me what you got up to there. Lost Spaces is not only a podcast, but a concept record as well. I've been writing songs about queer venues and the people who used to live their lives there and will be releasing songs over the coming year. You can hear the first single, which is called Well Groomed Boys and is playing underneath my talking right now on all good streaming platforms. If you enjoyed this episode, I would really appreciate if you subscribed, left a review on Apple Podcasts, or just told people who you think might be interested in giving it a little listen too. I am Kay Anderson, and you have been listening to Lost Spaces.